Welcome back to the Whatnots Review Show. My name is Kyle Springer, and I am joined by Melissa Wilkinson. Melissa, how's it going? How's your weekend? It's been okay. I, I worked a, a particularly long week, so the weekend is Ooh. much appreciated. Do you have Monday off? Because it's going to be Martin Luther King Day, and I have the day off. I do also have the day off, yes. Oh, nice. Yeah, I... <laughs> I my brain did the weird thing where it was like i knew i had monday off i knew i had that holiday off but it didn't register for me that mm. that makes it a three-day weekend and yeah. it was like late friday night and i was just like oh oh man i have a three-day weekend this is awesome <laughs> <laughs> so i'm i'm I... very lucky about that I I'm pretty we're all pretty behind on stuff at work. So whenever I realize mm -hmm. there's a holiday weekend coming up, I view it with a sense of dread. Like I'm going to enjoy it while I have the day off and then I'm going to go back to the office Get the ahead, next day yeah. and I'm going to I am going to drown. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't look forward to that part. Understandable. Understandable. Uh, but let's see. We are not here to talk about all of that. If you guys did not know here at the Whatnots Review Show, this is a weekly book club style podcast covering all sorts of different genres and mediums. This week, we're finally getting some anime on the show in more than a year now. <laughs> Apparently, we didn't do any anime on the show last year. Um, it's it is something we do historically. We'll talk about like two yeah. or three anime, various series and movies every year. But last year. Uh, we had some manga that, that was on our to read list and you had a particular interest in kaiju. So we spent time with Japanese live action cinema. So yes. we are in Japan. We, we we took a good look at Japanese media. just not anything animated. Exactly. Uh, and it, when you mentioned that to me at the end of last year, I was like, there's no way we've we've had to have done something, uh, but no. apparently not. So started this year off uh with john wick last week uh you guys can go check that out but i was like hey first things first we kind of just need to get some anime on on there right away <laughs> so i pitched three different ones uh and melissa you ended up picking poella magi madoka magica is the full uh -huh. name or just madoka magica um as most people call it so here we are talking about madoka magica our our first magical girl anime on the show too, true uh which is which is neat so what what inspired you to pick this one i'm not a big anime person on my own time i'm happy to do it the two or three times a year we normally do it on this show but i sure. I don't really seek it out in my spare time when I'm not trying to generate things for this show or watching things that you have pitched to me. So I thought if I'm going to spend my time with this, let me check off one of the bigger names off my list. One of the titles I know I have heard that I know I have seen images from. Let me mm -hmm. contextualize this big hit of the medium. Exactly. Yeah, I, I remember when this first came out because um, it was like 2011, 2012 ish. Let me see. What does it say here? Uh, yeah, 2011 Japanese anime. Mm. Um, this was like big all over Tumblr back in the day, all that mm -hmm. good stuff. And I, I did not watch it right away 
Um, but one of the things I remember is hearing people talk about it being like, this is not like it's a magical girl anime. So you know what to expect from that. But it's also not. It's very different. Mm. Um, and I think looking back on the show, yeah, it's kind of like I, I would put this in the same wheelhouse as like neon genesis evangelion or revolutionary girl tenna and in the way that they kind of take the genres that they exist in and deconstruct them or twist them and turn them on their head to kind of examine some stuff that those genres might typically like not look at or or gloss over um and i i remember really liking this but it's been about a decade since i watched it um and and so i remembered almost none of it uh so i'm glad that we got to rewatch it again this week because i had a good time where i had i like this one a lot um, mm-hmm. and we yeah. were talking when you pitched this to me about how we haven't covered any magical girl anime before mm-hmm. But it is something we're both familiar with. Like if you just grew up in the late 90s and early 2000s, if you saw Sailor Moon or, or Cardcaptor Sakura or I was reading a lot of An America magazine. I was an anime when I was like 13 and it was so difficult to get your hands on. It's like what's dubbed on Saturday morning or what can you buy on a very expensive DVD at Suncoast? So it's just yeah. hard to get very into anime And now it's so easily accessible, but I can't get as interested in it as I was like 20 years ago. Like me and anime just missed each other. Two boats passing in the night. Anime and I never connected enough at the right time. But this is a genre that even if you do spend just a little time with anime, you recognize. You get the tropes of it. You get the patterns of it. So I felt like we don't need to cover a baseline before we get into this deconstruction. Let's jump right in. Yeah. Yeah. Which is something I would not recommend for like neon Genesis, even Gigelian. Yeah. I, th- th- someone I know started to watch that having heard me ta- talk about it. And I was just like, Ooh, I did like, you haven't seen any other like neck anime. Have you? And they were like, no, I have no idea what's happening in, in this show. <laughs> I was like, yeah. Oh no. <laughs> so good stuff though. Yeah. I, I really enjoy the, the, this one. I had a blast. Um, I forgot how like dark and tragic, uh, most mm. of the show it is, uh, which is something I feel like you don't typically see, in a magical girl anime there will be some you know villain some threat something like that um but it is in like your typical like cartoonish fashion um Mm -hmm. whereas this one deals with some very very heavy topics um just a a sense of loneliness all the way to to, to supposed suicide uh, Mm -hmm. and and stuff like that. It's, it's heavy. It's very sad. It's very emotional. Uh, And I forgot how dark it could be, but it ends up on a very like hopeful high note, which I think is a great place to end the show. Yeah. I, the show is very well constructed. I like that it absolutely went for what it wanted to go for. It's very consistent. You can tell it's very well formed and they delivered exactly the product that they had designed. Mm -hmm. It's 
truly a magical girl story in the darkest universe possible. It's a very somber show. I don't think there's any point where I laughed at any point. There's not jokes in this, which is funny on its own, because if you do look at this out of context, it looks so cute and bubbly and fun. Like that's where how all the characters are designed even like the opening credits, some of the end yeah. credits, because they swap out several different versions just across these 12 episodes or like that final like still image, that final character shot of the episode where then they have the voiceover telling you what the next episode's going to be. All of that looks fun. The girls are wearing all the cute outfits they are going on adventures. They're hanging out with each other. And all of it is a lie. Like barely any of that happens. Like you see characters having a fun time together and it's like, no, that person died. They never did this. Or you realize it it was like some other universe. Hmm? Right. Or or it's imaginary. It's it's a dream. I like that the show purposefully misleads you in that way and keeps doing it. After like like this death I vaguely mentioned happens fairly early on, and it keeps showing you the images of that character and all the other characters having fun with each other. Like it doesn't. It's not like it's trying to trick you, and then after it has successfully tricked you, it goes full in on its actual tone. All yeah. the cute imagery is there up through the final episode, even when you're like, no, this none of this has happened. None of this is going to happen. Indeed, indeed. Uh, but besides that, though, how did you like it? What how did you think? I it is a pretty impressive piece of storytelling. I like I said, it's very somber, so it's difficult to say I enjoyed it. I had fun. It's not a yeah. fun set of episodes, but I am glad I saw it. I, I was happy yeah. I was able to cross this one off my list. It it makes some really interesting choices. And the art style is unique. The sort of patchwork, multimedia, paper cutout uh, style of these sort of magical labyrinths they have to go into to fight these witches. I've never mm-hmm. seen anything like that in, in an anime before or in very many other things before. Yeah, yeah. It has has some some neat artwork for sure. Um plot wise let's do a let's do a plot synopsis for p- people who may not have se- seen it yet uh the story follows this young g- girl named madoka um and she is in middle school and one day they get a new student in the school and she seems super cool uh but she's she seems kind of shy she doesn't really talk to many people uh, but v- through a series of events, it eventually learns that this girl is a magical g- 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 girl mm-hmm. uh, and that she is protecting the world against witches. Mm-hmm. But she's there not because a particular witch is there, but to stop Madoka from becoming a magical g- g- mm. girl. And she, she's just like, that's kind of weird. Like, why would you do all of this stuff? Um and it's just the series after uh, of events after events of just things that almost p- p- push her mm. to becoming a magical girl. Uh, the her friend is in trouble. Someone she looks up to is in trouble. And they they start to be introduced to this world of 
magical girls and what is the logic behind it what is the magic mm. behind it how does it happen uh they they there is this um small character named Cube who looks like a cat mm. but is this like mm-hmm. alien looking cat yeah um, and that is the familiar for these mm. magical girls and they have to make a contract with Cube um and he 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 is the the one that will uh like hey if if like i i will bestow upon you these powers if you make this contract with me and you do so by asking for one wish mm. and it it can be whatever you want and so it it almost seems too good to be true um and uh, as as the story continues, you kind of learn maybe it is maybe it is a little too good to be true here. Um, but Madoka ends up becoming a magical girl in the end and solving everything. I, I, I don't feel like that's too much of a spoiler that she eventually becomes one. But that's not until later in the show. Mm. Um, that was like a super vague plot synopsis. Of, yeah. of that's that that stuff do you want to add anything to that to fill in some of the blanks there that i missed i mentioned that it's a very small show like it's really about this immediate pocket of like five middle school aged girls the school part is really not a big factor uh like we never see them doing homework there's never like a test or a festival or a a dance or anything like that that comes up. It's just purely the structure through which these girls have met each other is they go to school. It is almost entirely monster fighting and them like pensively having meetups around the city where they like dramatically face away each other, face mm-hmm. away from each other, having these intense talks. There's a lot of that. I would almost characterize it as melodramatic the way that yeah. it's just all, Time after time, just like pairs or trios of these girls in conversation, like I'm going through so much right now. I can't even look at you. I'm going to stare out at the city I have to protect. (laughs) Right. Yeah. (laughs) There's lots of like yearning, like off into the distance. Angst. Big angst show. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, Yeah. If you are interested in magical girl anime uh, and stuff like that and you have not watched it yet, I would say go check it out. I feel like this is one of the must watches of the genre. Um, But yeah, go go check it out. Hopefully you enjoy it uh, as much as I did. So good stuff Uh, with that. I think we will take a quick break. Uh, And when we get back, we will get into spoilers and start breaking the show down a little bit more. So we will be right back. Here at The Whatnots, we make multiple different shows, and a lot of hard work goes into making them. So we would love it if you check them all out. If you enjoy our shows, patreon.com slash The Whatnots is the best place to show your support. For just a dollar a month, you can get early access to episodes and at our $3 tier, a Patreon-exclusive podcast, The Pilots Club. You can even get a shout-out and thank you on most of our shows at the $5 tier. And if you're one of our patrons already, thank you so much. It means the world to us. You can find out more information on our website, thewhatnots.com, as well as your favorite podcasting platform of choice. When you type in The Whatnots, all of our shows will pop up right there. Just don't forget to give us a nice rating and review if you like the shows. 
You can also find us on YouTube and Twitch for video versions of the shows, trailer reactions, and live streams. And lastly, we have merch. If you want to grab yourself a shirt or a hoodie or a mug or something else, head over to the whatnots.com slash store to pick up some merch today. And we are back. Big shout out to all of our Patreon supporters. We appreciate you a lot. Thank you. Cool things that we have been up to here at the Whatnots. Um, the Patreon podcast, the Pilots Club, we started off uh, this year while watching the pilot for Bird Girl. Um, it's not up at the time of recording this yet, but it will be up by time this goes public. Uh, so if you guys are listening to this as a podcaster on YouTube right now, it'll already be up. Uh, that's for our three dollar patrons and above. Uh, we do a a patron exclusive podcast every month. Next month, Puchinski, the mm. uh, the highest rated absolute must watch uh, in the cop reincarnated as a dog genre. Uh, so yeah, I'm the number one. Forward to. <laughs> Puchinski next month. Um, I already mentioned last week we covered the first three John Wick movies. Uh, that was in anticipation of the fourth one later this year. Uh, we are looking forward to that. Uh, and then on our monthly ongoing series here on the review show, we are starting the Fast and the Furious. The same horizon mm-hmm. with number 10 is coming out. Later this year, I've only ever actually seen the first three. Um, I've seen none of these, but I've heard numerous podcasts describe them to me. It's time to watch them with these two eyes of my own. Yeah, I am happy that amongst all this like adult man action movies, we did put in some like cute magical 13 year old girls. (laughs) Indeed. Uh, so, yeah, for the next c- couple months, we will be uh, at the end of the month. We will be talking about a few of the Fast and the Furious movies. Uh, the first three will be covered at the end of January, four through six, the end of February, and then uh, se- seven through nine uh, at the end of March. Hobbs and Shaw will be optional. Uh, you can mm. do that one if you just want some extra some extra info and context, mm. all that good stuff. Uh, the captain's log we got started this past week too. Um, I talked about all of the, the, like how much movies and TV and comics I read and watched all that stuff. Uh, if you guys want to hear how much of my life I wasted away last year, Joe and all of that, all of that good stuff will be on there. Melissa, you were <laughs> reading out battle bot n- names and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> we have a blast on that show. Um, and then I think this next week we'll be planning out some of the kind of games and special mm. episodes uh, that we'll, we will be up t- 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 to on the Captain's Log, which will be a lot of fun. And last but not least for housekeeping here, The Last of Us uh, is coming out on HBO, one of my favorite video games. Uh, we will be doing reactions uh, for each of the episodes up on the reactor core and on our YouTube page. Um, myself and Ignacio mm. will be doing those. I think that Good. should be a lot of fun. Uh, but yeah, look out for that. That's about it. Let's say we get into spoilers. Bam. There we 
we go. Spoiler territory. Melissa, where do you want to start with this? I this is a fairly minor part of the entire show, but it is my favorite part. So okay. I'm gonna talk about this to make sure it doesn't get missed. I love the weird architecture of all the spaces they go to in this show. Sure. Like we mentioned yeah. that they go into these like witch made labyrinths, which are these sort of abstract, surreal dream worlds made out of like paper cutouts and stuff. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about how episode one begins. Madoka has a weird dream. She wakes up. She gets on with her day. We see her brushing her teeth in the bathroom at the sink next to her mom. And their bathroom is a massive glass encased room with one double sink at the far end of the room and not a single other object. There's, yeah, I understand if huge, you're like, well, I'm not going to show you a toilet, but there's not like, here's a bathtub, here's a shower, here's a towel rack, here's a rug. No, it's also like, it looks like a greenhouse. It's encased in glass. It's unnecessarily large and vacant. And there's yeah. a lot of spaces like that throughout the show. Like when we go to their middle school, their middle school is like a giant building where every classroom is just like a glass cube <laughs> again with nothing in it. The kids have these weird cyber desks that like pop up from a slot in the floor. So like when one of the girls isn't there, it's not like Madoka looks over and her desk is empty. She looks over There's and there is space. no desk. The desk, yeah. the, like the desk doesn't pop up if that student isn't there. And there's just a flashing digital sign on the floor that says absent. But it <laughs> it operates. Nothing. Look. OK, some of the stuff looks real. Each of the girls bedrooms, for the most part, looks like a real bedroom. There's some naturalistic, true to life, believable set pieces in this show which makes it all the weirder that you go into all these blank glass prisms that are supposed to be like bathrooms and classrooms and other normal things like i it's too much work to be a cost and time saving measure if you wanted to do that they're just in sort of a blank white room where you sort of like drew the lines of like well that's where the corner is and i drew a rectangle and that's like a, a, a chalkboard or whatever no this is it's the glass room from John Wick from last week, right? <laughs> exactly. Yeah, they're doing all their lessons in a glass onion. So much work went into designing this structure that is minimal, but not in a way that is thrown off casually. Like, I don't know, drop, drop, put them in a room or something. Like They put a lot of work into designing something that is entirely unnatural with nothing said about it. Time after time, you see these weird spaces that the girls are in. Nothing is said about it. It's not part of the plot. It doesn't mean anything plot wise, but it's just part of the window dressing of making this world they're in feel really uncanny in certain ways. And I yes. dug that a lot, that they're not living in this like permanent dream world. But every once in a while, you'll just see a room that is not impossible, but so absolutely impractical and mm -hmm. unrealistic that it makes you feel like I, I don't know where I am. I don't know what's happening. Like there's a slow, yeah. quiet surreality pervasive throughout this series in a way you don't see in a lot of other things. It's interesting because despite all of that, I feel like it's purposeful. 
like it, it, is, it, it yes. is it's it's not commented on like you said they're not like wow this school really is strange huh why are all the walls made of glass and you can see into the other classroom like there, there's no conversation about that but i feel like it gives you this strange feeling of being watched mm-hmm. yeah what it felt like to me you're being observed um, exactly which is kind of one of the, the like it's I I don't really want to go as far and say it's a theme of the show, but it kind of, it 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 almost is like you I, like here are these young people in mm. school in their daily lives trying to figure out who they are as uh, as a mm. person as a, as almost an uh, uh, adult right uh, they're they're starting to figure out who they are. Um, and yeah, we just get this sense that like they're always being watched. They're always being mm. observed. Um, and then later on in the show, when we learn that, it, hey, the, that Cube is a species of alien that is basically observing hu- humans to yeah. like herd them like cattle and see which ones have the potential to be a magical girl and, and then turn into like it really does start to feel like oh that's not a school that's a pen right like yeah. they've just like oh, herded, yeah. herded oh. them into all of that. like there is these dark undertones in that mm. uh that i yeah are are creepy and it just it makes it feel uncanny and it's just like it's unnatural but it's not it's not unheard of per se exactly but it, like, it's yeah just, it's not common i also have to talk about the chairs yeah. So I think the first time I noticed this is one of the scenes where Sayaka goes to visit Violin Boy in the hospital. The hospital mm-hmm. room, which is odd enough in itself because it is in a hospital, but it's covered with like wall to wall, completely filled like wooden bookshelves. Like it looks like, oh, maybe this boy's from a rich family. This His room is like a study. They brought in like a private hospital equipment for him to convalesce. No, this is just a room in a real hospital that it's, looks like it's in a private it's also residence. also a very large room. Like, it's not, not a small oh, room. again. It's huge. And the bed is, like, pushed off in right. one corner by the <laughs> yes. window. And then the rest is just empty, except for the walls. <laughs> Truly, this is a show full of unnerving negative space. But she's sitting there on, like, a little chair next to his bed. And, you know, I think at first there's, like, maybe another chair or two near the bed. And during one really dramatic scene they have with each other, the camera pulls out and the room is filled with all sorts of different chairs, all pointed at the bed. Not close enough to where it's like, oh, that's where his parents would sit. No, they're just sort of set back like they are meant for people to sit there and it's watch audience. Yes, they are audience chairs, but they are all different chairs. You'll get like a, uh, a like a mid-century modern wireframe chair. You'll get a, <laughs> big <you'll> chairs, <laughs> tall chairs, small chairs, <laughs> wide chairs, fast chairs, <laughs> lots and lots of chairs. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Just play the commercial from your local furniture warehouse in your mind, and it's all of those chairs. You've got bar stools. You've got like rich leather armchairs. You've got like simple straight wooden dining chairs. You've got kind of curly cue little French cafe chairs, lots and lots of chairs <laughs> just pointed absent, not commented on just pointed at the bed. And you see this later in Madoka's house when she has 
I forget who she's talking to, but she's having a dramatic heart to heart with somebody. And then every time the camera angle changes, more chairs start piling up in her room. And there's one scene where she has a conversation with her mom, like in the hallway. And then the hallway starts to fill up with chairs. So weird. <laughs> it's so weird. I love it. I, the chairs are my favorite part of the entire series. <laughs> um well i i would like to talk about uh her mom real quick yes um i love the mom i i I, yeah i I think her mom is a very very interesting character uh there are there is some conversations about her of like why like why do you do what you do why are you working Mm -hmm. at this company and why do you work so hard like was that your dream Mm -hmm. was it something you fell into like all that stuff what I thought was interesting is that the show starts out with a transformation of sorts, but it's not the yeah. magical girl transformation. It is the mom and the daughter in that bathroom putting on their makeup and getting ready for work and putting their mm. clothes on. Like, it, in a sense, that is a yeah. transformation of them getting ready, putting on this outfit of who they yeah. will be that, that, that day. And I, I just thought that was an, an, an interesting way to start the, the show. Um, yeah. I, I liked her having th- those heart to hearts with her mom. I don't think that's something you see frequently. I feel like moms are either dead or they're just sort of these symbolic figureheads of domestic life. Like the mom stands in for the entire family. Like I, I watched a lot of Sailor Moon when I was a kid. I remember seeing her family, but like the the family's just all one family. Like there's no real difference between her mom and her dad. I think she might have like a kid brother or something. Like there's no specific relationship she has with any one of them. Whenever she talks about them, it's all like, oh, my family will get worried. I have to get home and see my family. Like she, it's non-specific. It's entirely like a, a symbol for everything. Yeah. <laughs> like the mom's only yeah. symbolic. And this is a very all of her family members feel very specific. Like her mom is this businesswoman who doesn't like her job, but now that she's in it, she's like, I am determined to do the best possible job that I can in this career path. Even if I don't like it, even if I hate my boss, I'm still determined to show him up. And her dad, I it seems like maybe he's a stay-at-home dad. He's like he's got a garden, maybe he's a chef. She's got this really cute, like two-year-old brother. Yeah. And <laughs> well, the magical girl, I've never seen a magical woman in any anime. Like I, I think like the magical girl character tops out at like 19 or something. Sure. In my limited, admittedly limited anime knowledge. I've never seen a magical girl story that really talks about, am I going to keep doing this as I get older and get a job and get married and have kids, et cetera, et cetera. Am I still going to be doing this when I'm 45? And that's also something this show doesn't touch on. Like these girls aren't really thinking about anything beyond their immediate circumstances. Like they never ask Cubay, uh, Am I going to be a magical girl forever? How long is the contract? Am I doing this? Do I get to retire when I'm like 65? I get to, it seems like they maybe kind of at least subconsciously pick out or design a magical girl outfit, which are all 
girly outfits. There's never the question of, okay, when I'm like in my 20s, do I get a new one that's less frilly? Like, can I ask for that? There's no sense of how is this role going to age with me as I age? And even when the girls find out that like their bodies are these weird sort of dead shells, there's never the question of, am I going to get any older? Am I going to age? Am I ever going to look different? Am I frozen exactly the way I, I am now? They never ask any of this. I'm the only one asking this. Just the audiences. That, that's that's kind of part of the mystery slash like evil reveal. Yeah, is that like yeah. you're not expected to make it past a few years of this yet. Mm-hmm, so maybe you don't mm-hmm. age because uh, yeah, you will eventually turn into a witch here. You will True, eventually. Yeah lose all hope and despair and end up hating certain people and, you know, this and that. And that's what turns you into a witch. And that's what Cube is kind of like hiding yeah. and not yeah. telling them. Um, so, yeah, I mean, if if there would have been someone who's who's like, so if I choose to do this, what happens when I'm like 65? Like, yeah. am, am I still going to be doing this? Do I get some kind of like pension or retirement funds? Mm. Like, what what do I need to do he- here? Right. Uh, that stuff, I think, would have maybe revealed the secret <laughs> like uh, right away. True. Just like, yeah. Well, we don't really have a retirement plan except for finding more magical girls to take care of you. What do you mean? Take care of me. Uh, there's more than one take care of right yeah exactly but i i like that even if the girls aren't thinking about their futures as women outside of a magical girl is the smaller version of a witch which is a Mm -hmm. a nice bit of wordplay i did like if a witch is a magical woman then a magical girl is like what evolves into a witch this is where you start But just looking, getting the mom, it was nice to have a look at what their adult lives could be if they weren't magical girls. They're not looking at it like that, but at least it's there for the audience. You have the the businesswoman mom and you also have that teacher who is just sort of set dressing. She's just there chattering at the beginning of a a classroom scene before it switches to the girls who are like, I don't know why so-and-so isn't here today. But the teacher's always complaining about her boyfriend and giving these lessons that are like, is there more than one right way to cook an egg? If you yes, like your egg yes. scrambled and oh if he likes his over easy, like, does he have any right to dump you for that? No, the, it, there's the, multiple right ways to cook an egg. The teacher is such a non-character in the show yeah but i found it really funny that almost every time you see her she's talking about some kind of like domestic thing some yeah yeah most of the time right yeah like how what's the best way to cook an egg like boys you better be thankful that she cooked your eggs even if they're a little bit burnt yeah um and it is this very like traditional like this is the role of the woman in the household and in the family but i don't think that's the class they're in that they're in like math or they're in right life st- and she's just like going on about all these like domestic roles and and stuff and it's just like what is happening in this school what, what is going on it's just her complaining about her yeah. private life which doesn't seem happy but again it is a look into a possibility of adulthood that the girls don't think about. 
And like we said, the teacher is a non character. She's like the closest thing we do get to a joke in this series, right. which is really striking when in the second to last episode, after the school has learned like, Oh, Sayaka has died essentially. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, uh, the mommy is missing. We cut away and we, we spent so much of this series, pretty much the entirety of the series with all of these middle school girls. And we cut away and like the first scenes we get of adults by themselves without any of the girls around. We're at a bar somewhere and it's Madoka's mom and the teacher. And we don't know yeah. if they're friends or if they just happen to recognize each other from like parent teacher conference or whatever. But they're both sitting at the bar commiserating about I don't know what to do in this circumstance. Like the, the kids are also upset. I feel like I can't read them. I don't know what's going on in their lives. I don't know why they're not talking to me. And I really appreciated getting that look at here's just pure adult life without any knowledge of magical girls at all. Yeah. At at one p- p- point, because I, I was still trying to like reconstruct the, the plot in my head as I was mm. re-watching mm. the show because I, I okay. had forgotten what it was. And I was like, I, I know there's going to be some kind of big finale, like something big happens at the end, but I don't remember how we get there or what details they they give us about the world mm. and the universe. And I was like, were there moms magical girls at one point? Like, I, they were, were not, but that was a thought that went in my head mm. of like, you know, it almost would be believable if in their youth they were also magical g- 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 girls, um, especially the mom, because um, mm-hmm. she she is so driven. She is so uh, like, I like a challenge and I will overcome this challenge, even if it's not exactly what my dream was. I like the idea of having this obstacle in front of me and overcoming it. And that feels like something a magical girl would do, right? They're presented with a challenge and they made it like, yes, we will take it on. Here we go. Um, and so, so yeah, I did. That was just a, a, a thought that I, I had in, in my head and was just like, I like the mom. The mom's neat. Yeah. Good for her. I'm happy she gets to be included, even though we never, get so much of a sense of anybody else's family. Everybody's family is dead or Sayaka must have a family, but we never see them and they're never mentioned specifically. Yeah. So I like uh, what we did get. Let's start talking about the magical girl experience. The, the, the ins and outs, <laughs> the goods, the bad. Let's open the pamphlet. Yeah. Do we want this timeshare? So it's it's per, it's pretty early on that we start to get some of these uh, like, hey, it's not so great to be a magical. Yeah, girl. you have no time for yourself. You can't go on dates. You can't spend your free time playing video games. All of this stuff that Us- Usagi is like, I want to play video games. I want to eat. You can't do that. Right. Yeah. <laughs> no, stop. Or- go help other people. <laughs> but at least in other stories. There would be scenes where they start to do something and then they're called away. It's not like the girls are like, let's go to a festival. Oh, no, we have to go fight a monster. Like there's never an attempt to really do anything that magical girlism would prevent them from doing. It's not like they have to stop having fun. We never see them start having fun. And I I think in. 
so, so one of the big t- twists of this show is that this the the show that we're watching is only one timeline and humbura yeah. has come from a different timeline has rewound it a bunch and a bunch and a bunch to try and stop a certain outcome but in the one that we're watching uh it, i like we we i at least got the sense that madoka didn't necessarily want to be a magical girl mm-hmm. but just wanted to be useful just wanted to yes. to yes. she 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 said multiple times like i i've I, I don't have any particular talents like i'm not good at uh a m- musical instrument i'm not mm-hmm. good at a certain subject in school i'm just kind of average just kind of mm-hmm. normal um and and that i think is not only her draw to be a magical girl of like, hey, if I did become one, that would be noteworthy at least. And I could help people that that way. But I think when she sits down and talks with her mom about like why she's in the job uh, that she's in or, or, or with her dad, dad, dad about why her mom like doesn't actually like the job mm-hmm. but likes the challenge right and is, yeah. is useful to, to the company and can do something i think she feels a connection there of like oh i kind of feel like mom does with this whole thing i don't necessarily want to be a magical girl like the mom didn't necessarily want to be at that company but she'd be useful which is kind of just what she wants there and so mm-hmm. i I, I liked that, too, that there is like this reflection of the mom and it's not just like, oh, yeah, everything's sunshine and rainbows. You can be mm. a magical girl anytime. Go for it, kids. You can do it. <laughs> yeah. You never really get to see the benefit of being a magical girl like the girls want to be a, a magical girl. Seems like it's a, a concept that already exists in this world. Yes. It is already something the girls are dreaming of and we don't get any specific. Right. It's not like they've got a poster on their wall for like what is clearly supposed to be Sailor Moon, but is legally distinct. Like, we don't know exactly where we can imagine it's pop culture, but we don't have any specific uh, markers for why do you know what a magical girl is? What are you picturing? What are you expecting? What have you been fantasizing about? Why yeah. do you want to be this and not like a, a rock star or something else? Some other like fantastical uh, when I grow up, I want to be like Halloween costume dream. Right. Yeah. Um, what What's interesting is when a little bit later on in the show, you do start to learn a little bit more about the history of magical girls and stuff. Again, it's not knockoffs of Sailor Moon or mm-hmm. what have you. It's historical figures. It's, it's I did like it's that. Like Joan of Arc. It's a witch yeah. at the Salem witch trials like it it's stuff like that which i i thought was fascinating i was like oh that's cool it's not like they're trying to be like i want to be the next captain marvel right it's mm-hmm. like no i i want to be like some strong historical figure um, yeah which is neat neat stuff yeah i did about. like that that flash at the very end of other magical girls in other times and other universes and you get them in different circumstances like you see one that's uh like somewhere in africa you see one that's like a viking <laughs> like it's yeah. more that i've never seen period piece magical girls before and i've never seen a lot of like 
international magical girls. So I like that even just briefly, we get both of those. For sure. For sure. Uh, but in episode four, we kind of start to address the question of like, what is the price of a miracle? Uh, what, yeah. is, what, is the, what, what is the cost of this magic? That's a, a fairly common uh, like theme or trope in magic story or stories with yeah. magic stuff is like, hey, magic always has a cost. Um, like you, you, you can you can do all these spells, but maybe it takes a physical toll on you or a, a spiritual or mental toll on you somehow, some way. And so I think this episode four is where we start to get some of that like, OK, so. I could become a magical girl. I just have to make this one wish. Is that it? What's what's the catch? Mm. So I yeah. get to make a wish and get powers? Huh. Okay. Something's fishy here, right? <laughs> it's <almost laughs> yeah, like, too good to be true. All the girls can tell something's kind of up, but they don't know the right questions to ask to get at the information to get the whole picture. They're like, mm -hmm. well, I, they just need that wish so badly or they need so badly to be powerful to save somebody that they, they, they just do it knowing that there's going to be a catch somewhere down the line. I just can't figure out what it is yet. I'm just going to have to you know, solve yeah. that problem when I get to it. And I think something yeah. that's neat is that the power you get is tied to the wish you make. Like when Sayaka makes the wish to heal the hands of violin boy so he can play again. Her superpower is then that she can heal from everything like twice as fast. Like she's able to heal herself then after making that wish to heal somebody else. And then later we learned that because Homura wished to relive her meeting with Madoka over and over again until Madoka has a happy ending. That's why Homura has like time stopping powers. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I like that, that each each person has their own power set based on their wish there I, i'm kind of curious as to what um oh god now i forget her name the blonde girl who they mommy to yeah mammy i believe um something like that yeah i am curious to know what her wish was because i don't think her power set was also very clear other than like mm -hmm. you have a lot of guns yeah why do, you, why do you have a lot of guns what what did you wish for <laughs> Mm -hmm. um but uh yeah they they start to get into all of uh this of like okay magical girls their job is to hunt these witches the mm. witches prey on people they 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 hurt them they use them to gather up this like grief energy yeah. uh stuff like that and so as a magical girl it's your job to stop them uh, and when you do, you get their grief seed and you can use their grief seed to uh, like clear up your soul gem. And, mm -hmm. if, and if you're like, well, well, hold on. What's a grief seed? What's a soul gem? They haven't explained it yet. They yeah. hadn't, and uh, again, that's part of like, you're really just taking advantage of these middle school right, girls that don't know to question right. this stuff and here. It it is all this lingo like all right you're killing witches and you're also killing familiars 
Familiars could eventually turn into a witch's, but in the familiar state, they don't have a grief seed. Only if you kill a witch do you get a grief seed, and then your grief seed is able to pull all the grief out of your own soul, Jim. So this one makes you powerful. So make sure you don't get trapped in a labyrinth. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's just it's it's fascinating stuff. Um but they they don't really question it because yeah, they, they do have this mindset of like, oh, well, I can help people. Yeah. It sounds like I do need to stop these witches here. And then almost immediately, we get introduced to some more characters who have kind of not become jaded, but have figured out the the, the system or, or, or what they think is the yeah. system, right? Where it's yeah. like, I'm only ever going to go after witches. I'm not going to go after the familiars, or at least I'm going to wait until the familiars kill some innocent yeah. civilians so that they do get a grief seed and then i can get that because you want to collect these grief seed like they they've mm-hmm. almost like twisted the system yeah. under like a jaded logic um which i thought that was neat too and even though we only see like a small handful of these magical girls it's implied that there are a lot of them out there yeah out yeah out um and that certain ones have like certain jurisdictions of like okay there's one in this town or there's one in that city uh there might be two over that way so it's possible that they could run into each other but not so common that there's like oh there's 50 of us that all came to the same (laughs) spot what are we gonna do oh no who gets it there's only one right Um, yeah yeah, but like I, I liked the idea that there are magical girls out there who've been doing it for so long that mm. have figured out this way to kind of stall what the incubators are looking for, for right? Mm. This, this tr- tr- transition into a witch. And they just kind of let it happen. Like they, yeah. again, they don't tell you like, hey, that's not how you're supposed to actually do it. We want you to become a witch, right? Come on, you can do it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's mm-hmm. they just let them do their thing here, and they they think that they've like ah, I figured it out. Mm. But yeah, it's 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 interesting though that they still get to keep their powers despite mm-hmm. being like, hey, I'll let these f- familiars kill some people. Like that's. That that seems so twisted that there there has to be some like clause in the contract <laughs> yeah. to be like, whoa, dude, if, if you're letting it happen. Yeah. Like. Yeah. There's like there's nothing. There's something wrong. Yeah. Like there's nothing that seems like any of them can do to make Cuba break the contract. Like, no, we don't want you as part of our organization anymore. Yeah. I do want to say that I. I like the Cubay who looks on the surface very, very cute. But the weird thing about him is that he he speaks psychically. So his face is like entirely frozen and emotionless. Mm-hmm. And you would think he would be. The twist is, oh, he looks cute, but he's evil. He's not necessarily evil. He's just from this race of alien beings who just don't understand emotions. And they are using the humans as energy sources in a, in some matrix like way. And they feel like they have provided enough information 
to the humans to make the bargain. They're like, we felt like we had informed you. If you feel like there was some sort of misunderstanding, that's not necessarily our fault. Like they're just sort of distant and cold and clinical. Uh, yeah. Some of the things Cube said seemed like they could come out of the voice of a Twilight Zone villain or something. Mm. Yeah. And I, I like that distinction, like not evil, just very just utterly emotionless and just bureaucratic. And no, I th- no, I thought I gave you enough information. And well, I, you know, the fact that we're giving you information and asking for you to consent and sign a contract at all is very respectful, we think. Yeah, what's um, I I forget what I was I was just gonna go with with that, but let's continue on with the like, what happens when you become a magical Mm. girl? Because one of the big major plot beats is that uh, Saika ends up becoming a magical girl, like Mm. you said, to help out Violin Boy, uh, so he can perform again and all that good stuff, and. Uh, she ends up also kind of becoming jaded. Like, hey, if I just don't get emotionally attached to mm. these things that I'm killing, I can kill them really easily. Like, I can commit mm. th- this violence and and it won't affect me. And so that's how she starts to move on with how she operates as a magical girl. And mm. Madoka can see that and is 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 just like, this is wrong. Like, you you mm. shouldn't be acting like this this is not a good thing for you to do um and has to get some advice from her mom i think on like how like how do i approach this situation um and essentially figures out like hey if i do something drastic to get her attention if i make some kind of mistake to like wake her 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 up like she'll pay attention she'll snap mm-hmm. back and, and learn that she has been doing something not so good and so they're on a, br- a bridge at night and madoka sees her opportunity to do something drastic and she takes sayaka's soul gem and just chucks it and is, is yeah. just like stop this you can't do this um, yeah and, like not knowing the consequence of what would happen if she just chucked it not knowing that it would land on top of a truck and then drive away (laughs) right um (laughs) yeah because i think she just wants to like remove sayaka from what she believes is the source of her magical girl powers thinking right if you don't have magic anymore you're not going to go out and fight anybody and what none of them but uh, except for the the more senior girls know is Oh, no, the soul gem truly is your soul. And if you get like outside of like a hundred foot radius of it, you just collapse as an empty, lifeless shell. Yeah, <laughs> that yeah. that is a very cool sequence where the where Madoka is like, what did I do? What happened to her? And then Hamura just has to race down the highway to try and get the soul gem back from like the top of the truck that it's on. Yeah, it, it like it is this drastic moment of like oh madoka like what are you doing we know this is a bad thing we know that you yeah she because she had said like i have to make a mistake to get her attention Mm. and and, yeah and and so it it is like oh no this is gonna be a a a mistake and then immediately when she chucks it and like and i forget the redheads uh sakura name 
something like that but they they um, they immediately stop and it's just like oh shit like this is not good and i'm like that's when it cued me in to be like this wasn't just a like small mistake like this was a Mm -hmm. bad thing um but yeah that is when they learn that upon making the contract with kube to become a magical girl Yes, their soul is ripped from their mm. body. They're essentially killed. Um, yeah. And their, their soul is put into this gem. And that's why they have these soul gems. And uh, as they operate as magical g- girls, it causes them grief. They, they kind of t- take on some of the pain from other people uh, th- through the use of their magic. And their, their soul gets clouded. It gets uh, d- darkened by all of this this pain and this grief and this hatred for other people. Um, and, and that's eventually how they turn into a witch when their Mm -hmm. soul is too far gone, they will turn into a witch. Um, which, and it doesn't seem like there's anything you can do to stop that. Like almost as soon as you've made the contract, the, it's like the more hope there is, the more despair there is also, you know, like they both it's happen the in equal measures pr- problem. Right. It's it's like, mm. was Gotham a lot safer before Batman showed up? Like, arguably, maybe because when he <laughs> showed mm. up, that's when you started to get the Joker, the Penguin, the, you know, Mr. Furry's two face man bat. Right. You get all right, of these like, like the- weird things. <laughs> You became Batman to stop Joe Chill, and then you had just yes. a guy with a gun, and now there's like 20 other people with wild powers haunting the city. Exactly, exactly. They, they, there is this like balance of like the, the, the more hope that you give and provide to some people, like that can potentially be seen as opportunity or luck or prosperity that someone was helped someone was saved right so there has to be other people out there on the on the flip side of that coin well how come i wasn't saved in this Mm. one situation so like there is this balance of hope and despair uh that comes with all of that that Mm -hmm. I, i i think is a really neat way to look at all of this stuff um yeah it is it's it's not the most sunshine and rainbows view of the world exactly but it is just like yeah that is a thing like it it, in superhero comics in Mm -hmm. magical girl any kind of being with a superpower like that is also the superman problem of like he has powers he can save people from a lot of stuff but he can't be everywhere at once Mm mm-hmm and that that's also kind of the tr- the tr- the tragedy of him is that he can he can hear people calling for help he can hear people d- yeah. dying and he has to prioritize and just be like not you i'm gonna do mm. this in- yeah. instead um which really what sucks is inter- yeah what is interesting about these magical girls now that you bring it up is that they fight witches Mm-hmm. Or, and they like they save people from witch and familiar related peril. There's never any thought of, well, what else can I do with my magical girl powers? Can I save a careening bus that's going to like go off the edge of a bridge just because of a traffic accident? 
Can I stop a robbery? Can I save a kid from a burning building? They never try and apply their magic to any non-magical threats. That's never a question of who else can I help? They almost do because they say when some of these witches appear, especially the the one that's appearing at the end, like Wolpersnot or something. I don't yeah. know how to some German word there. They they say that some of these witches, when they appear, it just appears as some kind of like natural phenomenon, like an earthquake to everyone else who is unaware of this like magical struggle that's happening behind this scenes. So it could look something like that, that these magical girls are in there helping people to, to escape, or at least that's what people see. Yeah. Right. But in reality, they're in this collage like fairy tale world with all this cut out art and, Stuff like, yeah, all sorts of strange stuff. Let's talk about that next. Yeah. Labyrinths. Um, Because these are fantastic. These are amazing. Incredible. Yeah. They, so when, when you go to a witch's labyrinth, I guess is what they're called. Like the place where their Mm. grief heat is. You enter this like alternate dimension it feels like this dream like world the art style completely changes um but it is it feels like cutouts from magazines from illustrated like grimm's fairy tales like there is this darkness to the imagery that's in there it's weird it's haunting it's like this creepy carnival of stuff of just like surreal imagery and i like that they use photo real things like i think of the final episode it's like they photocopied like actual lace and fabric and put it into this labyrinth and i really like the one that's all dessert themed and it's all like Mm -hmm. photos of like cupcakes and donuts and all this Cantaro type stuff. It's yep. just been tinted to be like dark and shadowy. It's just a, a, a poorly photocopied photo of a cake. And that's what you have to fight. That's the landscape that you're in. Yeah, it is so abstract because even like the, the monsters in there that they are fighting, it's sometimes hard to tell like what they are what they look like it, it yeah. just seems like a blob or a mass or some kind of weird wispy shape um mm. of you know this thing that they are hiding but yeah it it very much has this like grim fairy tale feeling to it where it is this fantasy land like oh it's all desserts and cupcakes and stuff like that but there's a sinister side. Mm-hmm. Um, there is this d- darkness there that is just like, I don't know, which is an interesting thing, I think, to look into. I I, I haven't looked into much of this, but there is a lot of German influence, right? We mentioned Grim mm. Fairy Tale, even Miami. The, the first mm. magical girl that they meet, um, like she has that like very much has this like G- German style yeah. outfit uh, to yeah. to to her. Um, the witch at the end 
is also like they they name her with some German Wolgerschnatz or I don't know. But yeah, that that it just it's an interesting thing to think about of like, huh? There is a lot of German influence in that. Don't know why. Yeah. Who knows? Who knows? (laughs) I don't. I I don't know. Don't have enough context for it. Neither do I. There is quite a bit of anime that does have a German influence, even like Full Metal Alchemist. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, I, I'm also a big fan of Naoki Urasawa's Monster, which uh, takes mm. place in G- G- Germany in mm. some 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 spots there. But yeah. Just um, an, an interesting thing to think about. There's probably so- something that is is like, oh, that makes sense. Why it would be like <laughs> that? But I, I just don't 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 know. Mm. Don't know all of that. Uh, let me get my notes. Did did you have anything else that you wanted to add about those uh, labyrinths? I just really dig them. I dig that when they go into this a uh, dark, dangerous realm, that the art style completely changes to be things that are not of the realm they come from. Like we come from this two D animated world to a world that is like. 3d elements and like uh, scans of like actual real world items and textures and things mm-hmm. like that it, it really makes it feel effective in we've slipped into somewhere we're not supposed to be right yeah yeah it is like it, it is a way to visualize magic or a reality that yeah. you don't un- understand right there is just something mm-hmm. that's i'm not supposed to be here yeah which is neat um kind of the last few episodes of the show, show, show is when everything really starts to come together here though we learn that Homura is from another timeline mm-hmm. she's been going back and back and back to save Madoka so that she won't turn into a magical girl so that she won't turn into a witch um yeah at the end here and that uh i i i forgot that that was a thing um that she had been it, it is just this big old time loop that she is trying to save them because Hamura's a character that is very cold when we meet her mm. she doesn't want to get emotionally attached um and we think that's because of this like jadedness of like i've been you don't understand how being a magical girl works like you're young you're naive even though i'm only like six months older than than you right (laughs) (laughs) it's like you're young and naive um but she's trying to change madoka's fate um yeah i I think by the end of this she kind of realizes that she can't change madoka's fate it's only madoka that can change it depend like depending on what she wishes for or does not wish for, mm-hmm. right? Uh, that is the thing that can change her fate. And then we also learn that Kyube is an alien, an incubator, yeah. trying yeah. to uh, harness the energy that is released when a magical girl uh, changes into a witch. Which, yeah, like you said, is this like Matrix-like yeah. human <laughs> battery. Uh, yeah thing here uh so it it, works yeah 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 it's it's an interesting concept that there is this 
and like at the moment that they finally turn there's so much pain and so much grief that they can kind of harness that um mm-hmm. and and it, use that to make sure the universe doesn't die and, th- and that is yeah. the thing as as cold and emotionless as Kube is and as much as he doesn't understand humans mm. he is genuinely trying to do a good thing he's like hey the universe is dying like it's it's mm. actually like con- contracting and like it will get smaller and will eventually just bloop, that's it no more um but if we harness this energy we can keep the universe going we we can expand it like we can find more and so they are trying to do something good but it is because they are so emotionless and just don't really understand the humans that they're shepherding and harvesting this from that it's just like this shit sucks like you are causing more more Mm -hmm. harm than than good here there has to be another way i think it's interesting that cuba tells us about the the species i come from this is our plan we never see anybody else we only hear it from cuba so we mention other familiars but we Uh don't see them in the real world we only see the like evil versions of them so somehow cuba could become evil too i guess yeah, I even after he explains everything, you are still kind of wondering, is this the truth? Because I don't have anything. I don't have any other context right. to put you in. We haven't seen anybody else who would supposedly know what you know. Yeah, that's an, an interesting thing. It's like there's no one else to be like, well, actually, it's more like this. And the way yeah. Cubay does things technically like he's more letter of the law than heart of the law here right yeah um that would be an interesting thing i i know that there is um i i think a few more uh madoka magica like side stories or Mm spinoffs um there's there's a a number of manga uh that's out there that you can read um let's see let's see i'm looking at their wikipedia page there's, uh, I think, some movie adaptions. I, because, because, yeah, I, I feel like there's more than one show or stuff of this on Hulu when we were looking this mm. up. Um, but I don't know. I don't know. Interesting stuff. So, I guess the last thing to say is that Madoka kind of figures it out. Yeah, she she like that, I think, is one of the neat things of the show is that um, some of these magical girls make their wish immediately based upon their immediate needs. Right. There is no process of like, well, let me think about that. Mm. Like, let me truly figure out what is the best wish that I could make here they're just like oh the boy i like got into a car accident i don't know exactly what the injury was but like yeah, they're just like somehow he hurt his hands like let me heal his hands because i love him mm-hmm. right um mm-hmm. which is not necessarily a bad wish but because madoka has this experience of not mm. making a wish yeah. she gets to see all of the pain all of the hardship all of the ins and outs of what it means to be a magical girl before she makes her 
wish there despite not necessarily thinking about her retirement as a magical girl she she does seem to be the only one that's like well why do you do it this way like what does it mean to like she like this is a bad thing that you're harvesting this energy you're causing so much like she is thinking about some of the like philosophy behind it um which which I yeah, I think leads her to then being like, what if I become the like embodiment of hope and I take away everyone's grief? Like what mm. if I am like the ultimate grief seed here? Yeah. In and in, in a weird way that also heals me. Because by doing that, I've given hope to everyone there. So yeah, she she like ends up becoming like the embodiment of hope which like i said at at the start is um like this show is very dark it's very heavy and emotional but it, it ends on this bright note of just like this is nice like she like she she figured it out she made this wish and she helped everyone every, every everywhere no matter when they are in the timeline all that stuff. Uh, and yeah, I, I think it ends of like what you t- 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 typically think of for a magical girl. It's like, oh, it is supposed to be hopeful and it is supposed to be happy yeah. and joyful. And that's where the show ends up. And I'm like, it's good. They, yeah, I, they did it. They made it. <laughs> it's still kind of a uh, a very somber. I think I've said somber like three times. I truly mean it. <laughs> yeah. This is a show, like I said, with no laughs, not a lot of levity. Like there's things that are cute. Like uh Madoka's little brother is cute, but not in a way that really picks up the mood of the entire thing at all. He moves right. the needle like 0.02%. But the final episode does have some sweeter moments. Like I like that sort of in this space outside of time outside of life madoka and sayaka get to watch violin boy do violin where he's like auditioning for some sort of show or some sort of art academy or whatever and we see the judges whoever is evaluating him be really impressed and sayaka's like this is what i wanted i wanted more people to hear his music and we know that she had a crush on him like she kind of wanted to uh, after she was there, like at his bedside, you know, visiting him almost every day, continuing to bring him music like she wanted to her affection for him to be reciprocated back to her. She hoped that like by making this wish to heal him, even if she could never tell him that's what she did, that that would kind of make him fall in love with her. But I like that that's mm-hmm. the final scene on that to show that it wasn't entirely selfish. Like she wanted him to continue to play. For him and for anybody else who would get to have the privilege of hearing his music. She's like, his music makes people happy. I yeah. wanted that for people. <laughs> I think that's a nice tone to end it on. I I do like when, like, she's the only person. So after Madoka becomes, she ceases to be alive and she becomes like a principle. She becomes like a concept which I kind of like and that she's like, no, yeah, yeah, that was my plan. I just want to be the concept of hope for the rest of existence. (laughs) Like the only person who remembers her. Fascinating. Yeah. I, what a big, big idea to process and to align yourself with. Yeah. 
to but to it, choose to spend the rest of your life not being alive, but to be this sort of angel figure that people will glimpse in their darkest moments. Yeah. What I like about that is a lot of deconstructions don't put things back together. And yes. if they do, it's not in it's not necessarily in any kind of meaningful way. It's just like, mm. well, all right, we moved on. Right. Um, mm. This I, I think, yeah, they tore everything apart, looked into some of those like darker corners of magic and magical girl stuff and then built it back up in, into this very hopeful, very yeah. bright and shiny uh, story that was just like this turned out nice. Like it, uh-huh. it's it's still kind of sad, but there's there's hope for the future, uh, which mm-hmm. is neat. So it's a I really like good point. A yeah, like this is a show that showed the entire point of it is this magical girl life you're dreaming of. It's going to kill you, yeah. and then the show flips back on itself and says, "Okay, if I'm dead, I'll just be an angel for somebody else." Then, <laughs> like, I'm gonna yeah. find a way to keep it going. Yeah, I, I do like the hopeful tone at the end of the show. I like that Homura is the only person who remembers Madoka because she's kind of got that time power. She's able to hold on to her memories from every timeline in every universe. And it seems like her little brother kind of remembers her, at least in an abstract way. Like he doesn't, mm-hmm. Maybe he doesn't remember, oh, I had an older sister and then she disappeared. But it is some sort of a figure in his mind. Like we see Yamura taking a walk in a park and the little boy's like drawing Madoka in the dirt yeah. with a stick. And he sees where Madoka has given Homura her hair ribbon. And he points at it and he's like, Madoka. Like he doesn't, this is, it's not clear if he knows what it means, but he recognizes it from somewhere. Yeah. And then Homura like talks with the mom a little bit and the mom's like, there's something I really like about that hair ribbon. I feel like if I had a daughter, I'd I'd want her to wear something like that. Like, I do like that sense of Madoka's gone, but she did leave a legacy among her family where they are going to remember her. Yeah, and Homura recognizes that and checks in with them. I do always like the moments of whenever a hero has lost a fellow hero and they go try and bring hope, whether tangible or intangible, to that fallen hero's family and she like gives uh the the mom the hair ribbon it's nice it's and so much another weird art thing of the show that i dug is that frequently the show is set at golden hour but it's Mm -hmm. this really harsh version of golden hour where the like the the remaining light is really bright or it's like everything's an intense yellow or an intense red And then when we get the sort of sunset scene in the final episode, it is a more naturalistic, soft, glowing, warm, orange sunset and not this like harsh bathed in red doomsday sunset like previous episodes have had. Yeah. Interesting stuff. Mm -hmm. I don't know if I have anything else to say about Madoka Magica. It was a good one. I liked it. I enjoyed it. Um Go check it out if you haven't. What are you doing listening to this whole podcast if you haven't watched it yet? I don't know. Yeah. And if if you're like me, (laughs) thank you very much. (laughs) If you're like me and you're just sort of a you enjoy anime in passing, it's not really your thing, but you have seen it. Like if you watched it 
growing up and you just haven't really followed through with it as an adult, what you saw when you were a kid probably is enough background context to watch and, and enjoy Madoka. Like, if you've seen some Sailor Moon once, you're good. You're fine. Yep. Good indeed. Uh, well, I'm going to pull up our bingo sheets. I finally have those ready to yeah. go here and I can pull them up on screen. There we go. Um, OK, so let's see here. We have. I know I've got several I can get. I, of course, very obvious magical transformation sequence. Yes. Uh, change in art direction change in art direction yes we do have that one let's see there's my transformation time loop and i do i did put unnecessarily large room on my bingo sheet i this was a trope we had been talking about in the sense of like the vast chasms of like a star Wars spaceship where there's just like a room yeah. that goes on forever. Like, why do you, why'd you build your space center with a bottomless pit? And then I was like, you know what? It can show up in other things. Like you can have a giant room like that in like a castle and a fantasy story. Uh, I was not expecting this to be able to give me unnecessarily large room, but here it is. Yeah. Uh, Melissa, I am sharing with you the link to the Google mm. uh, Doc. I forgot to do that, so I'm sharing that with okay. you right now. That way, you okay. can have the just stuff been... that you got on your thing here at the same time. Okay, um, I've just been doing mine in my own Microsoft Excel. Yeah, I I, I figured, and I was like, I, I'm going to have to remember everything you're saying here, and I'm trying to find the ones on mine that I have. Um, okay. I, I, I did. I, I don't get to mark this one d- 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 down yet, but I did get one hot dog. There is a hot dog uh, in one of the. Yes. Hooray. Um, so I, I did get one hot dog. Let's see here. Um, oh, I, I need to make a change on my board. I'm just seeing I have two of the same spaces for mocap character listed down there i can't mark it down because we didn't get a mocap thing i have it on there twice so i'll need to Mm. fix that um but i did get a time loop good um there's oh there's my time loop i normally anime can be pretty good for fake fast food brand we didn't we got rocky snacks instead of pocky but i was looking for like Instead of KFC, it's like LFC. I agree. Um, Let's see. No breaks into dance. No death by electrocution. Uh, Let's see. Let's see. I guess change of art direction. I can mark down two. We've got... We don't exactly have a ghost. We don't have a ghost the way I intended it. Because it's sort of yeah, abstractly I, a ghost in that it's not just a dead put, person, but it's a person sort of outside of time also. I wouldn't put ghost. Yeah. I, we, we might have had a foe waiting in shadows to talk, but not that I really latched onto. I put that on the board in the sense of like, 
the the protagonist comes home and like the the crime right. boss is already waiting in their home and like turns on the light and they're sitting there drinking the hero's own whiskey. Like I'd right, like to yeah. make a deal with you. Yeah. Um I think that's kind of about it. Yeah, pretty good. I was able to knock off four things. There you go. Good stuff. Good stuff. Um Melissa, real quick. Do yeah. you want to? Well, I. You know what? Never mind. We'll do this off air here and fix my d- double mocap space. Uh, I was going to say okay. you should pick a, a new square for me to do, but then I guess it'd be hard to like. Okay, what ones do you have on there already? And why do I have to pick it? I just thought it'd be neat to be like you decide. <laughs> <laughs> you pick <laughs> what should be on my board. You pick Ooh, it. Too um, much responsibility. Yeah, we'll we'll do that off off air. Um, but anyways, there we go. That's our bingo check in for right now. Um, oh, man, I, I let me put it back up on screen. I don't think I had it up on screen. There you go. So you guys can see what it is. Uh, and there we go. Back to normal. OK. Good stuff. Melissa, recommendations. Mm. What would you recommend to people if they enjoyed this? What else might they like? You mentioned it earlier, Revolutionary Girl Utena. This is a show I did not watch when I was younger, but I would read about it in An America magazine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Take a shot every time I reference An America magazine. I just thought it looked so cool. And finally, last year, I got around to watching a couple episodes of it. I do a show with my brother Jams called Saturday Morning Obscurities, a show about weird mm-hmm. old kid shows you feel like only you remember. And it was Pride Month. And so I nominated this one. It is a show about a girl who, when she's young, she has this encounter with a prince. And instead of growing up and falling in love with the prince, she grows up and she's like, that guy was cool. I should be a prince. I want to be a prince. So she goes to school. She like insists on wearing the boys uniform. She'll play sports with them. And they're like, do you want to join our team? And she's like, no, I don't want to hang out with you gross boys. I just wear the boys' <laughs> uniform. I'm a prince. Uh, so she's got this really interesting sense of herself and what she wants to do in life. And the school has this student council that like duels each other and like you can duel them over grievances. And she does this to like uh, duel a guy who was like really rude to a friend of hers who had a crush on him. And she defeats him. And the student council is like, well, that guy had the Rose Bride. Now that you've defeated him, the Rose Bride is yours. This girl's going to move into your dorm room now. That's your wife. (laughs) In the eyes of the student council, you're betrothed to this girl. There's a lot of weird stuff in that show. We only watched the first two episodes to talk about it on my podcast, but. It's so surreal. It's kind of oh, like yeah. this where there's like Utena gets assigned to this dorm room that's like a mansion. And she goes in the mansion. She's like, all right, this is my room here. And then she's walking around. She's like, nobody else lives here. I think yeah. I'm entirely alone in the mansion. It's just me and my bride now and my bride's cute little pet monkey mascot. Eh. Or like the dueling chamber. It's like you have to go into a mysterious forest and walk up a spiral staircase. 
it's got something kind of like Madoka has, where the whole every episode, where, where yeah. just they, they they it does the fight, it does it just reuses the same animation. It's it can get annoying that it reuses it, but mm-hmm. like there's purpose behind the yeah. repetition. Yeah, in that. and yeah, it's it's interesting. Yeah, just a show where there's really surreal physical literal architecture and just sort of the structure of the entire show and the entire universe that it's in where it's like that's not exactly the point Mm -hmm. i don't know if that's a mystery that really has an answer but it adds to the general sense of eeriness around everything that's going on and another thing this reminded me of i i once tried to play the video game hotful boyfriend which is a dating sim where you date pigeons Every yeah. person you could possibly <laughs> date is a bird. And that's not the weird part I'm talking about. Like you were presumably some sort of high school aged girl. I never played long enough to learn if you like get any image of yourself or not. But I believe that's who you're supposed to think you are playing. You go to school. School's full of birds. You're like the only human in bird school. You have to decide <laughs> which bird you want to date. And then at like the end of day one in the game, you're like, what a big day at school. Time for me to go home and rest. And you go home and your home is just a barren cave. And that's what I'm talking about. (laughs) Just this quiet background weirdness that's not the major thrust of the story. Yeah, absolutely. Good stuff. Um, If you guys want to watch another anime about uh, a time loop trying to save someone, Mm. Steins Gate is always one of my favorite things to recommend. Uh, One of my favorite time travel shows, period. Uh, It has a a lot of emotional stuff in there, but it has a lot of great comedy in there, too. too. That show is uh, deceptively funny. Because because, yeah, you wouldn't necessarily think so, but it absolutely is. Um, I like that one a lot. Uh, If you want another story about little uh, children being harvested for energy, Monsters, Inc. would be a good one. It's it oddly has the same plot like we're we're. T- taking their screams and grief and using that as energy right. to no, run the world right nobody's more powerful at it than the one with blue hair <laughs> right, <yeah. laughs> very similar <laughs> run by some like weird alien looking monsters like <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah i i i would recommend that stuff um i don't know uh there's, I mean, there's a lot of magical girl anime out there. Of course, there's Sailor Moon, stuff like that. You mentioned uh, Card Captor Sakura at the start. Um, it it also reminded me of, a sh- again, something I have never read or watched, but I remember reading about it and the title still lodged in my head. Whatever Magic Knight Ray Earth was. Okay. I'm not familiar with that one, but sure. It was also by Clamp, the same creative uh, okay. team yeah. that did uh, this uh, card captor Sakura. Uh, the gotcha. series follows three eighth grade girls who find themselves transported uh, into uh, find themselves drawn into another world. They learn that this magical world is influenced by your will. 
I gotcha. I, I clicked I clicked on the Wikipedia article and immediately the blurb turned into a far, far more complicated full plot synopsis. Yeah. <laughs> uh, another anime that I would like to re- re- recommend is Princess Tutu. Um, mm. I, I watched this a handful of years ago. I don't remember when exactly, but it is a v- very similar has that like grim fairy tale uh, kind of influences. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, I believe the main character goes by the name of Duck because it's it's kind of a mix yeah. of the ugly duckling and Swan Lake, like mixed in there, all that stuff. But yeah, she is a young girl. She's a ballerina. Um, and there are these like darker things happening within this fantasy world that she lives in. Um, and I, I, I think the lab, the labyrinths. Uh, that was here in Madoka, just having that like darker, almost grim fairy tale kind of style mm. um, reminds me a lot of Princess Tutu. So there you go. Go check it out. Nice. Go check it out. Melissa, it is your turn to do the pitches. It what do you is. got for me? This is something I, ter- I threatened to turn into an entire theme month and you declined. So it's only one week's worth of pitches. I am turning January into Danuary, a celebration of actors and directors with Dan in their names. Okay. (laughs) Think back on the great Dans we've encountered in the review show. Daniel Craig, Danny Pudi, Daniel Day Kim. There's more Dans out there to be seen. So for this week... And for at least one week in January and years to come, we're going to add a new Dan to our roster. Okay. Hot Dan. I have, this, I have three Dan movies. <laughs> Pitch number one. Daniel Day-Lewis stars in There Will Be Blood. This is the Paul Thomas Anderson film from 2007. I have seen this before, but since this was the first PTA movie I ever saw, and I've seen more of his movies, I've learned more about him since I've seen this. And I would like to Mm -hmm. go back and watch it with a bit more context as to the director's filmography. Sure. Ruthless silver miner turned oil prospector Daniel Plainview. See Daniel playing a Daniel moves to oil rich California using his adopted son H.W. to project a trustworthy family man image. Plainview cons local landowners into selling him their valuable properties for a pittance. However, local preacher Eli Sunday suspects Plainview's motives and intentions, starting a slow-burning feud that threatens both of their lives. Milkshakes are threatened in this movie. If you've never seen it, now's your chance to see I Drink Your Milkshake in context. There you go. Have you seen this movie? I actually have not. I think you might dig it. It's got. It's in a vaguely Western type setting with vaguely Western type aesthetics. And I think it's got enough of a crime flavor in it. Crime in the sense of cons. Sure. uh, That you might enjoy. Pitch number two from director Danny Boyle. The movie Sunshine. I think I've pitched this to you before, uh, but then I realized, wait a minute. Danny Boyle directed that. I can pitch it again. In the not too distant future, Earth's dying sun spells the end for humanity. 
in a last-ditch effort to save the planet, a crew of eight men and women ventures into space with a device that could revive the star. However, an accident, a grave mistake, and a distress beacon from a long-lost spaceship throw the crew and its desperate mission into a tailspin. I don't know a lot about this movie, but whenever I do heard it, hear it brought up, people think very highly of it. And it's got quite a cast. We've got Killian Murphy, Michelle Yeoh, uh, Chris yeah. Evans, Benedict Wong is in it. Uh, oh, a nice assortment of people in a, an interesting seeming sci-fi show, sci-fi story. Okay. And pitch number three, starring Daniel Radcliffe and directed by The Daniels, it's Swiss Army Man. Interesting. <laughs> Being stranded on a deserted island leaves young Hank bored, lonely, and without hope. As a rope hangs around his neck, Hank prepares to end it all until he suddenly spots a man lying by the shore. Unfortunately, he is dead and quite flatulent. Using the gassy body to his advantage, Hank miraculously makes it back to the mainland. However, he now finds himself lost in the wilderness and dragging the, topic, the talking corpse named Manny along for the adventure. Uh, I've never seen this, but I am now intrigued to see what I think might have been the directorial debut of the team that brought you everything everywhere all at once. Oh, interesting. Okay. Yeah. That's those Daniels. That's them. Hmm. So three movies directed by and or starring a Dan, uh, Paul Dano is also in there will be blood and Swiss army man. And even though I know his name is pronounced Dano, when you look at it, it looks like Dan. So right. he's also bringing the Dan energy here. So three very different movies. There will be blood and sunshine, both from 2007, by the way, and Swiss army man from 2016. How many farts are you up for in the next week, Kyle? God damn it. Um, <laughs> Let's I'm I'm stuck between deciding between Sunshine and Swiss Army Man. Those mm -hmm. ones sounded the most interesting to me. I think let's go with Swiss Army Man. Okay. You sound I, hesitant. I no, I, I'm I'm interested <laughs> in I, I especially because of how much I liked everything everywhere all at once um, would like to see m more of uh, the filmography of those directors. Right. Um, yeah. And also Daniel Radcliffe. I still really only know him as Harry Potter, even though I don't like those movies all that much. Uh, mm -hmm. I, like I, I know he's in the like weird Al Yankovic uh, biopic. He's He's very good as Weird Al. I think he's, <laughs> I think it's he's a great also performance. in that. What's that? Guns Akimbo, where he has like the yes. guns. Yes. Like he's done some weird, interesting things since he's yeah. done Harry Potter. And I haven't really explored that. Um, so Swiss Army Man. Let's go with that. Swiss Army Man. OK, <laughs> I I know this movie is about a farting corpse. And I really don't know what else happens in it. I don't know the extent to which you can push farting corpse, but I look forward <laughs> to learning. Uh, I didn't even where where can Swiss Army Man be viewed? Swiss Army Man may be found. 
Oh, it's one of those premium subscriptions all over the place, but it looks like you can rent it for $2 from Redbox. So have fun. Sure. Sounds good. Sounds good. Well, there you go. That is what we shall do this next week. We will do Swiss Army Man. Uh, and then the week after that, the first three Fast and the Furious movies. Uh, so get get on board, hop in and buckle up. There you go. Um, but that's about it for the podcast this week. Melissa, where can the people find you on the Internet? I may be located on Twitter and Instagram at WilkyWit, W-I-L-K-Y-W-I-T. And as I mentioned earlier, listen to my other podcast, Saturday Morning Obscurities. Good stuff. Uh, if you guys want to follow me, I am at Yo Kyle Springer on Twitter, co-host and Hive. Uh, and if you guys would like to stay up to date with all of the stuff that we do here at The Whatnots, we are at The Whatnots at all of those same places. Uh, so please go like, share, and subscribe. That would help us out a ton. If you're watching on YouTube, go check out one of our other videos right over there. Um, yeah, we will see you all next time. This has been the Whatnots Review Show number 237. We will see you all then. Bye. Bye.